We're back. We're back early. This is going to be two podcasts in one week. A special Lucky gift you. to all you patient listeners who waited two weeks without one. Yeah, all like three of you. Welcome to Playground Rules. My name is Herb, and I'm here with my great friend, Rick. How you doing, Herbert? You, uh, you're a little under the weather. I'm a little under the weather, but I'm going to try to power through because there's just so much to talk about. A wealth of, of basketball. Oh man, there is a lot to talk about. That's so true. We should just jump right into it. Yeah. So um, we do apologize. I might be a little uh, gruff. I might be a little. Um, well, you you can hear. No, I mean, it's I sultry. Little... It's, it's you know sultry. Yeah. Like uh, I mean, sell it well. You know, like like Catherine Hepburn. You, I've always gotten a Catherine Hepburn kind of vibe from you. To be honest with you, I, I can always see you in a Spencer Tracy vibe from you. Ah, interesting. I could see you in summertime. You know that spinster finds a horrible man but accepts her because accepts him because you know women are I don't know oppression fifties whatever. I could see that being. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> start out on a high note, folks. Can Oof. only go up from here. Um. Before we go over our news pieces, uh, yeah, kind of wanted to present you with a little thought exercise. Ooh, I, I like these thought exercises. I do too. I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And I this thought I thought of this. This is how much this podcast has consumed my life. I was doing mm. something completely unrelated to basketball yesterday, and I thought I have to ask Ark this question. Bring it on. Okay. Hang on one second. Let's imagine. That you're a GM. Hard. So hard to imagine. And the first player that you get is Russell Westbrook. Ooh. How, what, what team would you build to utilize this guy's talents? How do you make a successful Russell Westbrook team? Because I feel like, you know, the guy's made it to the finals. uh, So it's hard to say that he hasn't been successful, but it seems like, I don't know. It seems like this is still a little bit of a mystery to uh, Sam Presti. Yeah, I mean, it, it is interesting to me because if you look at the history of teams stumbling in, you know, obviously the situation with Oklahoma City is a little different because they originally had three stars and now mm-hmm. they have now they have three again. But you know, they went through the phase where they lost two of those stars. But if we look at a team, yeah, like, I mean, they had two capital or sorry, three capital S stars with uh, they really did. Durant. Now, I mean, Paul George is is pretty much at that level but Carmelo is kind of like a he's like the diet coke of superstars now. <laughs> <laughs> sure but i think if we look at um teams in the past that had trouble building so i the, the one that immediately comes to mind is teams that had trouble building around a transcendent talent mm-hmm. and winning anything the most relevant to me would be the uh 0403 to uh, 2010 cleveland cavaliers because they had Without a doubt, you know, one of, if not the, during that period, best players in the league in LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And they made it to one finals where they won no games. And they uh, that was failed such a to. Fun finals. Oh, yeah. Oh, my I'm God. pretty sure that's and the lowest put... rated finals of, uh, of the modern era. But sorry. It's please the continue. lowest rated finals for me of the modern era. Um, but anyway, so they, 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 they failed to build a team around him and he left, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then in, in Miami, he was paired 
with Dwayne Wade in a kind of almost in a way similar to a Kevin Durant uh, West, Russell Westbrook problem where they it was a lot of dueling banjos. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but so the question is okay. The question that you asked is how what can they do around? So I think it's not easy. Is why I say that. I think it's very difficult to take a, a transcendent talent uh, and put pieces around them to maximize the team. Another great example would be the Allen Iverson Sixers, mm-hmm. right? It, it can be very difficult to have someone who's that dominant uh, uh, because in some ways what you want, you know, what you're looking for is to build a team, right? So last year we saw the extreme of what not building a team around Russell Westbrook might look like, right? Where it's just how many games can we win if it's just Russell Westbrook? Yeah, if he and sets the record for usage rate. And yeah, People just are literally jumping out of the way to let yeah. him get rebounds and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I think you got penalized if you if you got a rebound on a on a missed shot. So I mean, I, I, and then a lot of people who were on that team, like uh, like Victor Oladipo, are playing much much better now that they're away from Russell Westbrook. But, I think that's uh, a really interesting thing to consider. Sorry, not to interrupt you. You're making some no, great go right points, ahead. but like, I mean, generally when uh, people play with LeBron, um, they're they they tend to look pretty good. You know, he doesn't. Um, you know, sometimes people have to compromise their games, especially when he plays with other other stars. But generally, people play better when they play with uh, LeBron. Like with Russ, like there are people that seem like they have like no value that then go on to be a lot better than they look like on the Thunder. He's kind of like you know, he's stealing a lot of sunlight from some of those flowers. But please, please continue. Yeah. So the 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 other great example of that is how many people got contracts off of Michael Jordan, who were not anywhere near as good, good as they looked like when they were playing with Michael Jordan, right? Hmm. Um, but I think uh, this is not like a notable, notable idea, but I think that the answer for Russell Westbrook might be to surround him with people who do certain things really well and don't really care about anything else. So uh, what I mean by that is I would put quite a lot of shooting around him, yeah. but I would put like a lot of like spot-up shooters – uh, you know, imagine a team with, you know, Russell Westbrook and in their primes, I don't know, J.J. Redick, uh, uh, Kyle Korver, and like, you know, um, J.R. Smith, you know, just a bunch of bombers who mm-hmm. don't really want to do anything else. Uh, and then I actually think that in in Adams, he actually has someone he needs, which is someone else to get rebounds. I was the exact same thing. That was a point I was going to bring into this. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Adams is a perfect foil for Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, don't it's just like... Change that. He cleans up the glass. He protects the rim. He does the things that Russell Westbrook doesn't do, and he doesn't want to do anything else. Yeah. So I think I think you want obviously you don't want anyone else who's ball dominant because he cannot share. We well, you want that. a sixth man though, right? Because the guy can't play forty eight minutes a game. Right. And then what you want exactly? So then what you want is a little bit like a Harden, uh, um, Chris Paul situation where you have someone else, someone who knows they're not as good as Westbrook, but is still very very good. Mm-hmm. To come in and be the leader of the second unit when Russbrook sits, and then you just stagger the minutes. Yeah. Right. And that guy never closes out games unless he's hot, unless he's you know en fuego, as they say. Yeah. Um. And, but but you always have someone on the court who who is dominant. You know, like I would say that they would really benefit from like a Eric Bledsoe. You know, or like a um someone like that, someone who's good but not great. But needs the ball anyway. Yeah, can, someone who can kind can, of lead that that second yeah, unit. Yeah, and on some nights will look like a mini Westbrook, right? And on some nights will look like you know, uh, not. So, 
I think that that's something like like that. But you basically have to construct two teams, uh, and you almost I mean you almost want to go back to like the Memphis Grizzlies of like I don't know six or seven years ago where they were legit playing eleven guys, mm-hmm. you know, and really almost have an A team and a B team and bring in like another team um, because the guys you're gonna have that play with Russ probably cannot. In, you know, unless you have a second Russ, are probably not going to be able to sustain anything with him out. Right? I mean, he's in his what? Like his ninth year now. Um, I guess not quite that long. No, because he came in after. Uh, he came in the year after, so he probably came in in o, the draft of 09, I would guess, because he was, or I guess the 08 draft, because he was drafted by by my Sonics, but never played for the Sonics. Okay. He was drafted in the 08 draft, as I suspected. So he's been around for now. He's been playing since. Uh, that would be the end of 08, right? So this is year... Oh, that is year is nine, year unless I'm doing my math wrong. Uh, and he is... Uh, uh, yeah, so he's just in the peak of his prime, right? He should be probably the next two or three years at this level, maybe four or five years, because people are yep. lasting longer. But My, my point is more that like he's kind of is the player who he is. You know, after nine years, like... like one oh, yeah, year. I don't think he's going to suddenly figure it out, whatever that means. Yeah. And you don't think like uh, pairing him with a coach with a little bit more vision or anything like that. I mean, he, he's only had two coaches, right? It's just been Scott Brooks and uh, now uh, uh, what's Billy his Donovan. Face? Billy Donovan, yeah. Uh, no, I mean it could help, but how many coaches are there that are like that? Maybe uh, Greg Popovich will. <laughs> <laughs> <He's his coach. laughs> I mean, it's like you know, Greg Popovich, Brad Stevens, uh, Kerr, Ty Lue. You know who would be an interesting hire for them? They're not going to do it, but Fizdale. Oh, man. Yeah, that's not a bad call. Yeah. I mean, Billy Donovan is a, is awful. Or you could go the other way with it, because uh, like if Doc Rivers gets fired, Ooh, that's a situation Doc. for him. Because he's a guy who just yeah. kind of like lets his stars run the show and yeah. treats everyone else like crap. Yeah. Do you think they, they bring Austin along? Of course. We're talking, they need that six, man. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man, that's a bad team. You have to understand, listeners out there, that I also just hope that the, the team fails forever. So, yeah. <laughs> but, Arc, but I find that intellectual exercise. Arik has a, a, a huge bitterness towards the Thunder that we've discussed before. Um, but, yes. you know, they used to be the Supersonics. They should still be the Supersonics. I mean, they should still be the Supersonics. And that's not a knock on the city of Oklahoma City. That's an awkward thing to say. No, you had your team uh, stolen from you. Completely, yeah, exactly. Completely exactly. unjustified. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, legally and in every other way. I mean, they lost that. So anyway, uh, I do have some Seattle news for later in this uh, podcast. Well, sorry, what were you saying? I do have some Seattle news, some positive Seattle news on that front for later in the podcast. Oh, I'm, I can't wait. <laughs> it's always the highlight of my week when you and I just uh, talk a little uh, Seattle. Seattle civic yeah. politics? Yeah, man. Let me tell you. My, my, my fiance feels the same way. <laughs> it's only like, you know, constant, so whatever. <laughs> um, let's say hypothetically that yes, sir. the Kings leave Sacramento, which would be very sad for Sacramento, but these things do happen. Uh, sure. Someone buys them, moves them to Seattle. They, they're rebranded as, as the new Supersonics. Yeah. At that point, do you let go of some of this, uh, in, uh, this hostility that you have, or is it forever? Oh, uh, I think that uh, let's make it nicer than that. Let's because Sacramento obviously has their own beef to pick with 
or bone to pick with Seattle. Uh, let's say that um, uh, an expansion team is 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 uh, is get granted and okay. and and Seattle now has a team and it's years it's a year or two down the road and whatever. Even that first season, I think what's going to happen. Uh, I will never stop hating uh, uh, ownership mm-hmm. uh, on both sides. The um, Howard Schultz, the final Sonics owner, or Clay Bennett, the um, and Aubrey McClendon, the uh, awful uh, Oklahoma City owners. But I think what will happen is that it will turn into actually quite a, quite a nice rivalry. Um, and instead of being like, you know, fuck that city, fuck that team, fuck those people, excuse me, you can bleep those out, right, <laughs> Herbert? Oh, um, God, yeah. Give me more uh, but, work, Eric. <laughs> but I think instead of that attitude, it'll be more like on the court. It'll be a bring it on thing. And we'll, we'll always kind of have a – because they're going to give us back the history. It's going to be like an Oklahoma City, Charlotte thing. We're going to have the same name. It's going to be like the blah, blah, blah. So I think it'll be fine. I think, yes, I think the the hatred and animosity and, and hurt will be gone. And instead, it'll actually be replaced by quite a fun uh, rivalry. And when those two teams play each other, I think it'll be uh, really – uh, it'll have some some edge to it, which will be nice. Um, and of course, they also are likely to be in the same or similar divisions. So, it's uh, it's it it could be really cool, actually. Um, yeah, uh, I would. But, yeah. I w- if that does happen, I will I'll definitely be watching the first Thunder at Seattle game because that would be. Uh, oh man, that's going to be an interesting one, right? Yeah. Uh, I hope they choose that. By the way, I hope they just for this is me being very Schadenfreude, but I I hope they choose that as Gary Payton's jersey retirement night. <laughs> because that would just be like, oh my god! I might fly to Seattle, go home, just for that uh, game if that were going to be happening. It becomes uh, it becomes kind of interesting as far as like who gets the team's history, you know? Yeah, so I think that the uh, Seattle's just going to buy it from them. I don't think they want it. They on all their merch they say EST uh, 28, uh, 2008 and all this kind of stuff. I don't think they want it. I think yeah. they'll be fine. Um, they'll, you know, Seattle will have to pay some money or whatever. I mean, we have the name and the colors, those stayed in Seattle and there was, uh, we should have gotten actually back the, um, the records and stuff already. It's just that there was a, uh, deal that didn't go through and different things that happened, but I've, I've held the championship trophy as you know. Um, so, uh, all of that stuff is still in, in, in Seattle. Uh, while, while we're here, let me just get this over with. Uh, so yeah, um, I mean, people are on the edge of their seats right now. So it's, uh... <laughs> uh, today is the day. So uh, on Monday, I guess. Uh, so anyway, so f- to bring everybody up to speed that doesn't care about this, the main issue, the reason why the Seattle does not have a, a basketball team and tangentially also does not have a hockey team because there's no arena. Uh, the arena where the Sonics played it is no longer um, at either at NBA levels and was never at NHL levels for actually quite interesting reasons that I'm not going to go into now. Uh, but um, there was a guy uh, who actually lives here, um, but he's from Seattle, who was proposing to the city to build a new arena near where the uh, Seahawks and the Mariners play in what's called the Stadium District, which, you know, makes sense. But um, had some, he was the one who tried to buy the Kings, if people remember that. And uh, anyway, he's had some ups and downs over the last few years, and it kind of all has fallen apart, uh, culminating in a failed vote to get a street vacation granted that he needed to build the arena. So that kind of looked like we were mostly dead in the water and then um a guy who most nba fans probably know of even if they don't remember the name a guy named tim lewicki who was um, president of maple leaf sports and entertainment uh ran the maple leafs and the um, raptors uh was the head of the of aeg for a while uh he is a very well connected guy uh partnered up uh, created a new company called ovg the oakview group and bid to renovate the sonic's old home key arena in seattle and um 
on Monday, the city officially passed through the city council a memorandum of understanding, MOU, with the Oakview Group to build the new arena. So they're starting the, uh, it was signed today by the mayor, and so they are uh, beginning the process. They anticipate breaking ground, assuming that nothing untoward happens, which in this saga has been constant. Uh, They anticipate breaking ground in October with the eye of opening it in 2020. And uh, that is obviously extremely exciting news for those of us uh, who care about this, but also um, it times up well with the fact that um, Jerry Bruckheimer, the uh, movie producer, Mm -hmm. uh, and another very rich... Exactly, Titanic, I think. Uh, All the Michael Bay movies, yeah, like you said. Um, He's partnering up with another very rich person, and they want to own a hockey team in Seattle. Is he from Seattle? No, he's from L.A. (laughs) But... um, uh, it looks very, very, very likely that the NHL is uh, about to announce, even ESPN was talking about what the possible names might be, but it looks very likely that the NHL is poised to announce expansion to um, Seattle. And if that happens, besides the fact that I'll suddenly have a Seattle hockey team, which will be cool, um, it will guarantee that the building gets built. And the building of the building is seen widely as the last thing that needs to happen for the NBA to seriously consider Seattle. And at that point, Whatever the next moment for either expansion or relocation, it will be Seattle. Oh, so, yeah. They're the, the first in line for sure. Exactly. So we'll still have to wait because they're not ready. Um, there are situations in – I mean, it would be very sad, but I could see the Memphis Grizzlies moving or um, uh, there's another t- – uh, New Orleans Hornets both have uh, – yeah. excuse me, New Orleans Pelicans. But um, hopefully neither of those move and we just get an expansion process. But either way, uh, it looks like uh, we will – Seattle will at least get a hockey team and likely a basketball team in the nearest future. And it looks like the hockey team might start playing, you know, in 2020, which would be obviously quite exciting. So it, that is my Seattle news. It looks like uh, we're at a point where there's certainly enough talent in the league to justify expansion. You know, I don't even know if five years ago uh, I would have felt the same way, but there's just a lot of talent in the league right now. Yeah, I think it could be really good. So uh, why not they, dilute it? That sounds good. <laughs> well, the fun question is actually what's the – you assume they will – I mean, they have been uneven numbers before, um, but you assume they want to be an even number and get to the 32 that um, football and soon hockey hopefully will be at. Mm-hmm. What's the other city? And um, that is a fascinating Anchorage, question. Alaska. brings into – yeah, well, they. <laughs> I don't think so. But, you know, uh, is it Mexico City? Is it uh, Kansas City? Is it uh, Louisville? Is it Vegas? Is it um, – uh, you know, there are a, a handful of cities – that are is it Vancouver? Would they consider going back to Vancouver? There are so many, um, so many candidates. Um, really fun, really interesting. I've you know. I've uh, two quick follow up questions on this, sure. and then we can put it to bed for now, <laughs> for now. until we <laughs> hang out tomorrow. And I'm sure you talk about it for an hour, which is Prob- fine. probably. <laughs> um, if uh, let's say if the prospect of getting a Seattle based hockey team is a, a three on the excitement scale for you. What number is the prospect of getting a Supersonics again? Oh, like 150. Just way, way, way more exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have been filled with a, a, a sadness for, you know, Russell Westbrook's entire career. I mean, this, <laughs> this haunts you. You talk. It really does, yeah. People at home, he talks about it all the time. And I don't yeah. mean that as a criticism. I'm just saying, like, no, yeah. just haunted by this. It makes, I feel so terribly. If something happened to the Celtics like that, yeah, I wouldn't get over it. I would be talking about it all the time. Yeah, it's just it it it, it it's I I don't wish this on anyone. Uh, you can be a basketball fan who has no team mm-hmm. because you did not come from an area with a team, or you just are 
you're you're a writer in the field or whatever. You can have no team, and that's fine. You can also be a basketball person with a team, but to have been a person who had a team and now doesn't is so sad because I watch ba- I love basketball, right? We, I literally do a basketball podcast, right? I love basketball. I watch a lot of basketball. You do a basketball have... podcast that nobody listens to. That's I know that's even that's even worse, right? That's that's the level of basketball love that I have. So, um, with that in mind, just having no, you know, your team could be terrible. I mean, the Celtics were terrible for like twenty years, right? You could be yeah. terrible forever, but it's you, there's something to root for, and there's hope, and there's young guys, and there's interesting things. There's draft. There's so you could get into college because you're like, are we going to get this guy? Like, what's going to happen? And you can get your heart broken over and over again, but at least you have a heart to break. You know, I mean, I just have, I love basketball. I watch basketball. I get excited about basketball, but I don't have the same, like, you know, I will never, if the Sonics don't come back, I will never have another moment like the 2000, I've mentioned this, in fact, I think on the last episode, the 2005 uh, random division championship where we went to the, the Western Conference Finals or whatever. Like, that was such a fun season that was so exciting. Uh, and I just don't get to have that anymore. I have to get excited about, oh, I really am enjoying watching you know, this other team that I don't feel the same level of emotion for. So Do it's you just, remember you know, where you were when they won the championship in 1979? Uh, yes, unborn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do remember where I was watching most of the 1996 finals. Oh, God. That was uh, a, which that was were – which I'm still mad at George Carl about. But, uh, but yeah um, – you know, and I'm still mad about Jim McElvain and all these kinds of things. You know, people have a, a love for their teams that dwarfs reason, and it's just I just miss it. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The other question I have for you oh, is, yeah, uh-huh. let's say, and I'm not trying to get you riled up or anything. But not at all. I'm sure that's true. Hypothetically, sure. the NBA announces two expansion teams and mm. neither one goes to Seattle. Oof. How mad are you? Oh, yeah. No, does, I mean. Does this radicalize you? <laughs> well, you know, I would say that after 2008, you know, with David Stern sitting there, I didn't watch basketball for a long time. Like, I I kept an eye on what was going on, and I've caught up. But I, I really – that's when I got into hockey, right? Because I was like, I need a sport in the winter, and it can't be basketball because it was too horrible to, to watch it and be so upset. So I think that um, – and then I, you know, slowly came back, and, and Adam – Silver has been great, and the league is great, and you know I got suckered in in all kinds of different ways. Mm-hmm. And I just missed it, but I think that if uh, yeah, if the NBA were to expand to two cities and neither of them was Seattle, I'd, I'd I'd probably be done. I think I'd be out forever. How many current NBA teams do you think are just unmovable? Whatever happens, like the Celtics will never leave Boston. The Celtics will never leave Boston. The Lakers will never leave LA. The Knicks will never leave New York. Um, there aren't actually. I actually think that list is not as big as people think. Like I, 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 and and this is a sadness of American sports. But um, I think that there are most of the other teams in the league are movable in a perfect storm situation. So like yeah, under the know, right circumstances. Exactly. Milwaukee's yeah. been there for uh, as long as the Sonics had been in Seattle, but almost left. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that was people don't realize how close that was. I mean, that came very, very close. Um, and Sacramento absolutely almost left. Right. Oh, yeah. Sacramento. Um, At some point, Sacramento is probably going to leave that city. It's, it's sad to say, but I mean, they just got a new arena, so they're safe for a while. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's, you know, I, the, the city that I feel really bad for is Memphis, because if 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 uh, if the Pelicans leave New Orleans, obviously there's Pelicans fans in New Orleans. I think they'll be sad. But it, to me, it feels a little bit like the Atlanta Thrashers, the hockey team when they left. Mm-hmm. Like the hardcore fans are sad, 
but nobody talks about the Atlanta Thrashers. You know what I mean? Nobody. Yeah. That was the second hockey team Atlanta had lost. Like they just don't care about hockey that much in Atlanta, right? So um, I think the Pelicans, and I'm not. You know, maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm not from New Orleans, although I do have family from there. But um, I I think that that would be not a destruction. What would really bum me out is, is Memphis because people in Memphis love the Grizzlies. Yeah, they um, don't really have much else. They, they've got nothing else. They, New you know, Orleans, they love the Saints. Yeah. The Saints are their primary love. Yeah. And they've got college t- sports and stuff. Memphis really just has the Grizzlies, and they fan support would not be the issue, right? The issue is in Memphis is that there's not enough corporate support and that their owner is uh, somewhat of a nutball. I heard – this was on a podcast recently. I'm trying to remember which one I, I heard it on, but I, I mean – Apparently, they don't generate a lot of revenue from no. um, ticket sales because they have to keep the prices pretty low. Because Memphis is not a rich city. Hmm. Like, it's just really, really hard. Also, the NBA does not make most of its money on... So hockey needs... The reason why you do a season ticket drive in, in Vegas to prove that they can get the Golden Knights is because hockey actually depends on uh, gate sales. revenue for a lot of their money. But the NBA doesn't. The NBA gets most of its money through TV deals. And the problem is that the Grizzlies cannot get a regional TV deal worth anything. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. they just don't have that kind of Because no one watches TV in Memphis. Because <laughs> they're all going down to the Grizzlies game. Because they can't sell enough advertising, right? Because they don't have the corporate support. Um, it just isn't there. Memphis is a very blue-collar town, and I don't think that means they should lose their basketball team. You know what I mean? Like, we should be able to have nice things in different places, and I think it's, I think it's really, uh, ultimately, it kind of puts, uh, for me, it puts a, a spotlight on the problems mm-hmm. of uh, the way the way American sports works. I think that the European model, where any city can just start a team, and you know, you might be struggling, and you might be in the second league, but you got a team, you know, and once in a while you get lucky and they move up, and then maybe eventually your city changes, demographics change, whatever, whatever. We're gonna I have to make that, a playground rules bingo. And one of them is going to be one of the squares is going to be Arik says European model. It <laughs> <laughs> is a bugaboo for me, isn't it? I do, I do bring it up. I'd certainly not. We've done like eight episodes of the show, and I probably brought it up twenty times. It's but, it's relevant. Uh, it's relevant to the discussion. But so I think that uh, that would be really really sad. But at the same time, I don't know. They started in Vancouver. Uh, I think they would have succeeded in Vancouver if they had been given more time and hadn't drafted big country. Um, you know, so. That would be sort of interesting. I, I don't know. It's going to be, you know, we we think we tend we tend to have a human beings tend to have a recency bias, and so we think that because something hasn't happened recently, it can't happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, Miami Heat could absolutely leave Miami. Yeah, all it takes is is kind of a, a bad run, uh, some financial hardship for an ownership group. That yep. kind of stuff happens all the time. Yep, bad deal, bad arena, bad something. Yep economic troubles in the area, hurricane. I mean, any number of things can happen. We don't want any of this to happen, obviously, but uh, but it absolutely can happen. All right. Well, All right, should we too long, on? didn't read. There's a slight sure. cause for optimism for uh, Supersonics fans. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Simmons mentioned it in a piece he wrote recently, and all he wrote was shh. <laughs> so, you know, that Simmons-y. conversation was long enough that you we cannot talk about this tomorrow. Oh, we're going to talk about it tomorrow. <sighs> <laughs> Ar- Ark and I had a, a pizza and pinball date with another friend, and uh, we always talk about basketball and bore our other friend to death who just could not care less about basketball. Ah, but this time it's about hockey. He likes hockey. That's true. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> that's, that was a whole lot of that. 
Yeah, right. man, that was a lot of that. This, sorry, folks, I'm too sick to kind of rein Arik in. He's, uh, <laughs> this is a completely unrestrained Arik. Um, Arik after hours. But we do have some stories we want to talk about. We got a little bit we of time do. here, but we shouldn't go too much longer. Um, yeah, no, this is going to be maybe another 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Have you heard about the uh, Los Angeles Lakers uh, LeVar Ball rule? I have heard about it, but I have had trouble understanding what it is. So maybe you could explain it to me. So basically, um, it's just it's just uh, that uh, they used to allow uh, guests of players in the team locker room after games, uh, which is that's typically when family members get interviewed by media, and they're not allowing that anymore, um, in an attempt to keep Lavar Ball from addressing the media after games. Um, they're also not allowing. <laughs> They're also not allowing the media uh, by the, I want to say it's like by the bench. Oh, I've got the article here. I'm, I'm too sick to read it quickly. Basically, they're trying to keep uh, LeVar Ball away from the press, which yeah. isn't surprising. I mean, I kind of thought he would be a sideshow this year, but some of the stuff he said has been like way, way out of the line. Like I was shocked when... He just like started openly uh, criticizing Luke Walton, saying I could do basically saying I could do a better job of coaching the team than Luke Walton. That that is so out of line. He has no business saying anything like that. And uh, I don't know. You might our loyal listeners might notice that we don't really talk about him a lot because I I think he's he's not interesting to talk about and and people like him want to be talked about and it makes me not want to talk about them um but uh but i guess finally i just want to say like i just you know i i'm okay with this guy making these grandiose statements about himself and his son and trying to sell his shoes and his shirt you know good for you it's america you can do whatever you want to do but uh i i, I think i think he definitely has crossed a line with this and uh um yeah, I, I really would love for him to go away, and I know he probably won't. LeVar Ball, to me, is very reflective of a lot of things that are happening in the world today. And I say that in the sense that he he's he, he feels like he's like a media addict, and he just keeps needing a bigger hit. And mm-hmm. he gets the attention because he provides... It's like a, 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 a virtuous cycle where he... He provides the attention, he, you know, he provides the clicks for the publication, so they write about him. That gives him the dopamine hit, which encourages him to get even crazier so he can keep getting the inches. And, then, you know, it's this whole, like... Yeah, it's, it's like how tsunamis start. Yeah, it's this whole, it actually is. But it's yeah. like this whole thing where, where um, you know, where everyone says, okay, well, we obviously have these people who are uh, clinically no, but on some level narcissistic. And um, why are we encouraging them? Why are we allowing them? And it's because... We're so past the point of uh, social norms mattering that uh, things that would have been uh, – we're seeing how so many things that we assume is part of our culture or part of our society is actually just conventional adherence to social norms and that not, and that if you're rewarded for breaking them, then they don't exist anymore. Yeah. And so um, he's being rewarded. He's being rewarded over and over and over again. And it has real consequences, by the way, because his middle son is – that is a rough situation, right? Yeah, I think it was Adrian Wojnarowski just said, uh, 
every time I pronounce his name, it's so embarrassing. And then when I listen to just call him Waj, Waj, what yeah. everyone else does. Waj uh, uh, said that probably his best case scenario is go somewhere that will still give him a scholarship and get a free four year education. Yeah, he's not an NBA prospect, and his dad refuses to accept that. Yeah. They got they got one son who is probably a legit star in the NBA, the, and the youngest son is sort of unknown right now. He at least has attention. But this middle son, I don't know why. I've been trying to figure that out because he scored like crazy in high school. But um, he is not considered an NBA prospect by anyone and is definitely not going to get any run to prove otherwise, right? Because his dad pulled him out of school after saying that shoplifting in China is not a big deal, which I think most people would disagree with. So his yeah, dad has go clearly... Back a couple episodes if you want to hear our opinion on it. Yeah, his dad has clearly lost the script to whatever degree he ever had it, and what was sort of a entertaining sideshow is becoming sort of a damaging sideshow. But, you know, he's going to keep getting the attention, and it sucks, and all we can do is on this show say that hopefully we won't talk about him very often. Yeah, we're not. We're probably not going to, but uh, I think it's, I think it's a, a pretty severe step that the Lakers have taken. It's going to get a lot of people, um, you know, it's probably going to affect a lot of people, but... Uh, it seems kind of necessary, and I hope it works. Why are they interviewing family members anyway? I mean, come on. Well, they don't do it all the time, but you know, if there's a relevant, if someone does something great, and they're like, "How oh, was it?" It was, a, you know, for the background or whatever. Sure, I sure, always sure. love it when they interview someone's like mom or dad after they have a really good game, and they're all proud. I love that. That is know? that is true. I, I've definitely had a lot of enjoyable moments with NBA moms, especially. Yeah. Oh, oh my! Ray gosh. Allen's mom was like. I like Ray, Ray Allen's, Allen's mom, mom more than Ray Allen. They cut to her every <laughs> time he hit a three, and she'd be wearing some yeah. like you know. Really blinged Draymond out, Green's like Ray mom. Allen jersey. It's so great. What's that? Yeah, Draymond Green's mom. Draymond Green's mom. I mean, there's a lot of good moms, uh, and of course, a, an NBA mom famously perhaps caused LeBron James to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, let's not going to. We're not going to get into. That. <laughs> <laughs> if you're interested in that, look it up for yourself. You can, uh, you can listen that. to Playground Rules After Dark if you're interested in that story. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing I kind of wanted to fold into this, and I know we're going long, so it's not uh, we don't have a lot of time for meandering, but um, I kind of find the coverage of Lonzo Ball this season to be, uh, I just don't get it. Like, people are talking about him like he's a bust, and he has had a lot of really poor games, but he's a rookie. I mean, I, I know that we're kind of spoiled this year. There's a, a number of guys, you know, Ben Simmons being the obvious front runner, but you still have... You know, you got Dennis Smith Jr., you got uh, Donovan Mitchell, you got Jason Tatum, you got uh, 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 Kuzma in L.A. Like, these guys are having incredible rookie seasons. And, and, and among those guys, like, any one of them could have been a rookie of the year a few years ago when we had thinner classes, you know. And we were, we just have this just wealth of uh, uh, incredible young talent in the league. And there has been a lot of expectation on Lonzo Ball, but, I mean, rookies often don't have amazing head-turning uh, uh, years, you know? Like, if you look at, at uh, even people who are expected to be stars, if you look at their first season stats, they don't fly off the page. So I, I'm just really surprised that people are, like, so down on Lonzo Ball. I know his dad has kind of set him up for people to celebrate his fall, um, but I'm surprised that, like, professional journalists are, are talk- again, just talking about him like a bust. Like, you can't... You cannot say after a quarter of a season that a rookie is a bust. This is when they're learning. No, no one expects someone to come in like Ben Simmons. You know, it's it's really strange to me, and uh, it it really puts me off when I see members of the media 
kind of talking that way because it's just not how rookies work. What What do you think? So I I pretty much agree with you. I I I think that uh, for me, you know, you have the. I think we're again. It's a <laughs> it's a symptom of everything that's going on right now. We we used to be like unless it was LeBron, right? Unless it was someone coming in with like franchise altering expectations mm-hmm. unless it was a once in a generation guy you really did not what you wanted to see from a rookie was that they were moments during the season that showed that they belonged and that they were for real and that you could build on and i've seen tons of those with Lonzo. Yeah. he's gotten triple doubles on wednesday against the golden state warriors he had 15 points and 10 assists like you know what i mean like yeah. that is not a fluke he had uh he has had enough games for me this season to show that he belongs in the league. He's got a ton of potential, and you know what? He's also a rookie who is often uh, lost. He hits walls. He doesn't do everything right, and that Ball is all hits walls. Yeah, that exactly. That is so normal, you know. And and I just I I wonder if this is perhaps the potential changes to the NCAA deal might help this or whatever. But I really think that our immediate gratification culture and our expectations are so ridiculously high and everyone's trying to, and again, kind of like with, with, uh, with the dad, everyone's trying to beat each other to the column inches to the, to the clicks. Right. So it's a hot, a hot take city and everyone's one upping each other. And it's like, yeah, well, I'm going to call him a bust after one quarter. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't hit your first 10 shots, you're a bust or whatever it is. And it's ridiculous. And just everyone, calm down. He looks like he's going to be great. Everyone's not Ben Simmons. We should celebrate how unbelievably unlikely a Ben Simmons is, or even the fact that this year we have we are so fortunate, like you said, Herb, to have so many great rookies. That it's pretty remarkable, it's, you know. It, um, yeah, it is. But it's all going to play out over time. Yeah, yeah I mean... Lonzo Ball clearly has NBA level talent, and yep. uh, as long as he's, he is coachable, and, and hopefully in that that kind of chaotic uh, Los Angeles environment, hopefully uh, he finds some guidance, some structure. You know, he could he could be great. Um, and I believe in Luke Walton. I think Luke Walton's a good coach. Yeah, he seems like a sharp guy. That's you know that's honestly why I'm so mad at uh, uh, Lavar. It's just like talking all that smack at Luke Walton really, really just like made me upset. Like, yeah, when he's like on. First take, and him and Stephen Smith are trying to out uh, outrage each other. Like I could care less; I, it doesn't bother me at all. But like you know, Luke Walton is uh, is an NBA coach. Your son plays for his team, and he deserves your respect. To, to publicly, I, I know I'm just repeating myself now, but it just it irks me so much to publicly yeah. throw him under the bus and suggest that um, an inconsistent performance from your first year son is somehow his fault is way beyond the pale um if i was uh i don't even know who's in charge over there now it's, it's uh genie genie bus and magic what do you mean right if i was genie bus or magic johnson um i would just ban him i'd just be like don't you, you cannot come and watch games here and i think they will at some point they should because that's where the, that's where this goes right like he cannot he will continue to one-up himself and this will not end well for him and i just hope that it looks like his son is cognizant of who his dad is and capable of handling that and i just hope that continues to be true me too um all right well we're trying not to do uh anyway yeah screw you lavar let your son <laughs> be a rookie let him play and as far as everyone else or just like, like to pile on him and call him a failure um i don't know Calm look down. at look at first year stats from current superstars yeah. Uh, 
or point guards especially. Especially who, point guards, yeah. generally have a rougher road coming in. So just calm the heck down, everybody. Anyway, moving on. Um, we don't really like to be uh, uh, injury watch uh, people. God, I'm yeah. so sorry. I'm just like such a oh, – I'm so bad at this today. I really do apologize. <laughs> injury watch people. <laughs> everyone, everyone show Herb a little love. Like this is, uh, you know, it's not easy. Anyway, uh, we, we're, we're not just, like, trying to just, like, talk about every injury that happens, but we've got a pretty significant one um, that just came through with uh, Steph Curry. They're going to reevaluate him in two weeks. Um, he's got a severely sprained ankle, and it is the ankle that gave him issues early in his career. Uh, I will say about this that, uh, you know, we are very much on record uh, as not – liking the Warriors at all and uh, not enjoying their success. But I don't like to see anyone get injured, and uh, I want to see the Warriors get taken down fully healthy. Um, so I hope that this isn't serious, you know, this thing that looked like it was going to be a chronic thing for him. Hopefully this is just like a fluky ankle sprain and, and he can come back and, and be Steph. All evidence is that it's fine. It, it, there's no, it doesn't look like there's any structural damage. It doesn't look related to the things that happened pre-surgery. Looks like this is just, you know, just an ankle sprain. But yeah, obviously with Steph, everyone gets uh, very on edge when it involves the ankle, especially this ankle. So yes, here at Playground Rules, we hope for a quick and speedy recovery and a fully functional, fully operational uh, battle station losing in the finals to someone. <laughs> now, oh, who, losing to who? Someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, you and me, buddy. Two on two on five. It'll, we'll do, take them down. Do you think the Warriors will be in came okay in the meantime with only uh, three Hall of Fame level fans? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so sad. Oh, I laugh. God. I so can't I stand cry. that team. I hate that team so much. But I don't. <laughs> that. I hope Steph's okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like Steph Curry. Eh, I don't know. Did you listen okay, to we uh, like the basketball skills of Steph Curry? Yes, yes. He's a transcendent uh, player. He has completely yeah. changed the way that people play basketball for the yeah. better. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing more fun than watching bombers dropping them bombs. Um, did you see when uh, uh, there, there was like a cooking game or restaurant management game that his wife put out that he did some uh, voice work for? <laughs> oh, no, I'll send you a link. It's so funny. He does Please. such a terrible job. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, it's really, really yeah. hilarious. Um, so yeah, get better stuff so that we can uh, criticize we can you, you, hate you in a sports you way, feeling guilty. <laughs> not in a not in a personal way. Yeah, we don't hate him personally. No, no, we don't know you. We're sure you're great. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, the other warrior story that is kind of interesting this week is just like. What's going on with Kevin Durant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is an interesting question. He's been ejected now three times, two times, three times, yeah. uh, and it looks like he's just really, really angry. And I don't know what's going on with that. It's real weird. It does not seem like him at all. But you know, he's a complicated guy. I mean, I, I. I think that he was really naive when he joined the Warriors. I don't think he realized how much, because you hear him talk about it. Um, I forget who it was he was talking about. Um, it's like we're not, you know, we're not overloaded. We're not a super team. Uh, Draymond got drafted in the second round. 
you know, Steph, everyone thought was going to be injured. And it's like, dude, you joined the team after all that stuff played out. Like, you took the path of least resistance to a title, and everybody knows it. And a lot of basketball fans, A, resent you for it, and B, don't really respect you as a competitor, you know? And that's just the way it's going to be for the rest of your career. Well, I wonder if that's why he's doing this. Because he says that he hasn't lost his ability to control himself. He says he's just uh, getting fiery at the right time. So I, he's such a weird – he cares so, so, so much. And you know what? I probably would too. But he cares so much about what people think about him mm-hmm. and his image that I kind of feel like maybe he's trying to project himself as a, more of a tough guy, more of a fiery guy than he than he historically is. Or And it's, not, it's certainly not helping his team. So I don't know – uh, what to say about this? Except that it seems like yet another, uh, yet another weird Kevin Durant figuring out who the hell he is as a person thing, uh, similar to the Twitter thing or or other things in the past. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, he's a weird guy, and uh, and that's okay. I'm a weird guy. You're a weird guy. Uh, and if we had been thrust into his situation. I don't know that either of us would have handled it well either, but it is weird. And, yeah, he didn't uh, get thrust uh, into a situation. Oh, I'm not talking. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about him joining the Warriors. I'm saying <laughs> he, if one of us was suddenly that famous and that rich and that studied, I'm not sure that at his age, I'm not sure either of us would have done a good job at that. No, he made the choice sure. to go to the Warriors. I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm just yeah. saying like. These people, we we it, uh, Simmons was talking about this with Tanahisi Coates on his show the other day. Um, it's we kind of are almost getting spoiled to how professional and how adult NBA players seem these days. Uh-huh. You know, especially compared to like say the '90s or or the '70s or whatever, where they just were clearly clueless and and no no you know no one had any idea what how to how to be a brand in that way. Right? We're at definitely at peak, or I don't know if it's peak, but we're definitely at a high level of like brand awareness, and everyone's kind of. Um, Watching their stuff and 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 kind of being very manicured with their stuff. Everyone's minding so their p's and q's, if you will. It, exactly, and I think so. I think you know Durant's not a guy that does that in really weird ways, and I think we're almost like it's almost weirder now because it's it's in a vacuum where a lot of that's not a lot of guys like that. But it is uh, it's fascinating to watch. It is fascinating to watch, and yeah. I remain convinced. And I know this is a conspiracy theory. Um, I think. And maybe this is just because of what I want. I just want this to be the case. I think he just made a horrible career decision and he can't have help. He can't handle that people are kind of seeing it for what it is. I think he thought he was going to kind of get away with it and people would treat it like he was just joining any other team. And it's like, you didn't join any other team, dude. You joined a team that won 73 games. And you, in a lot of ways, ruined like the last... Uh, part of every season because we have to watch your way too stacked team play it's just not oh god sorry it's gonna be really interesting to see what he's gonna do this summer it's gonna be really interesting to see what he's gonna do this summer he's still on a one-year deal or whatever is it this summer or next summer but whatever summer it is that he's next a free agent it's gonna be interesting because obviously he can leave do you think there's any chance that he does oh yeah what what circumstances do you think would lead to him leaving uh either financial in the sense that the warriors are about to have a perhaps unpayable level of uh, financial commitment. But they'll give Kevin um, Durant whatever he wants. They also have to give Draymond Green and Clay Thompson whatever they want. They can afford it. No. I mean, yes, but do you want to pay a billion dollars over the next five years for a basketball team? I don't know. Maybe they do. 
Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe they, it's like we're in SF now or whatever. They assured him that they were willing to do that when he signed there. So we'll see. Yeah, but I'm just saying, he keeps signing. The, he took a discount. He did take right? a discount, yeah. So the question is, at what point is he going to be like, yeah, I'm good. And also, you know, if they win again or if they don't win again. I mean, I don't know. You know, nobody knows what the narrative is going to play out. But I, I, I'll put it this way. I would not be surprised if the Warriors look exactly the way they do in three years. And I would not be surprised if they look very different in three years. I, know that's I, I really hope bets, that but... it just falls apart. Just yeah, yeah, me too. The NBA. Just spread yeah. that talent out. Let's you move know, on. Send Clay up to Seattle. <laughs> oh, I'm drooling. You've got me drooling. If you could have one warrior on your uh, hypothetical Supersonics, which one would you take, Clay? I would actually take Clay. Yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think he I just doesn't give an f about anything. Like he's a guy that you can build around and seems like pretty versatile. Yeah. And he's also yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of guy that a lot of teams are having success with, that he's a great offensive player, great defensive yeah. player, uh, and he can switch. He's big enough that you he know, can defend a couple of positions. Yeah. You know why I would take him, though? It's because of all of their – he's the most faceless of their superstars, and so I would feel the most like he could build a legacy. Like the other guys, all three of them already have strong legacies. Uh-huh. So yeah. Steph Curry will always be, be associated with the Warriors. Draymond Green is pretty much tied in with the Warriors. Kevin Durant yeah. will always be associated with being the biggest coward in the history of the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. But uh, so any of those coming to, to Seattle would be uh, would be would be just a stop on their, you know, kind of an end game stop. And I think Clay could actually, you know, if he decides he wants his father apparently tells him he shouldn't, and I agree with his father, uh, former basketball player Michael Thompson, don't leave the Warriors if you're Clay Thompson. But if you want to go and, and try to be the guy, if you want to pull a Kyrie Irving, as it were, um, Seattle's a great place to live. You don't even have and a team yet. Don't get ahead of yourself. And he's from, he's from, he's from the Northwest. He's from Oregon. Anyway, uh, I still am convinced that Kevin Durant is having a nervous breakdown, and uh, it's something to keep that we're watching. That we're watching in public. Yeah. You know how horrible that would be. I, I don't know if you've ever had any kind of breakdown, but it, I would not have wanted the world it's a watching personal, me as I went but, through. Uh, it. I've, I've had I've had issues. <laughs> and would you would you want millions of people commenting on it on podcasts nope. you'll never hear? No. Yeah, it's getting like yeah. Britney Spears 2007 level. Yeah, leave her alone. You know all that kind of that was weird. <laughs> what I just did there, people. I'm very sorry. Um, more sense in my head. <laughs> We're getting a little punchy here at the old playground rules. Yeah. Oh god. Should we save the rest of this stuff for next next week? It's gonna be like a fever dream. Well, it's just like let's just uh, the the one you know, old story that I wanted to talk about. We can bring up next week because I'd like to talk about that a little more. Yeah, full. that's got no. But these, got we've no got, got a couple of quick hits to swing back All to right. LA. Uh, yeah, let's quick hit. Mike D'Antoni's wife was talking smack uh, to Magic Johnson after the, the Rockets just destroyed the Lakers. I thought that was pretty funny. I didn't realize I like how, that kind uh, of stuff. how Magic and D'Antoni kind of had a little beef from uh, D'Antoni's days in L.A. Um, but I'm, I'm glad he's getting the upper hand because uh, I hate the Lakers. And uh, <laughs> I like Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, I, I, this is the kind of stuff I enjoy where I feel like everyone's kind of smiling, you know, as they say it. But also it's real. I mean, yeah, Magic was pretty rude about D'Antoni. But I, I think this is the kind of stuff where I, it, it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think it was super malicious. All she said is no. She had a good time. Again. Whatever she found, it's so well worded. You know, she obviously that yeah, obviously stuck with her. Uh, you know, and I you shouldn't be celebrating the firing of someone. So I completely agree with her, and and that's you well, know, he quit, but, right? Uh, the point. I don't think he quit. Either way, the the fact that Magic what what Magic Johnson uh, tweeted back in the day that she was referring to 
is uh is that um magic said he could uh, be happier couldn't be happier that happy days were here again so yes i get you're right d'antoni did quit but he quit you know i mean he resigned yeah, yeah. happy days are here again mike d'antoni resigns the lakers coach i couldn't be happier Irvin magic johnson at magic johnson may 1st 20 14. So, by the way, that is some um, cold shit. She waited three years. To, oh, God, Art, stop swearing. <laughs> is that a swear word? Are we saying that's a swear word? I mean, I guess you can say it on TV, so I guess... If you can say it on TV, you can say it here. We can say shit. She- yeah, we probably sh- we, we probably shouldn't. Just bleep all that and it's going to be even funnier. <sighs> <laughs> okay. or, or don't, and I'll mark this episode as explicit. Why don't we just mark this one as explicit, and then we'll go back right. to not swearing next week. And we apologize to all the kids out there. Yeah, all our young listeners. Don't, yeah. you know, use, don't use be like words. Us. Swear words are crutches for people that can't articulate. Uh, That's yeah. true. That is actually true. You can cut someone down far more effectively than with a swear word. Swear yeah. words are too easy. Read a little, uh, uh, what's his face? That guy who was a good writer. <laughs> Oscar Wilde. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> Uh, this is why we're friends, buddy. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of other quick hits. Uh, yeah. Uh, Steve Clifford out indefinitely with a mysterious health issue. Yeah, get better Steve Clifford. I love I love Steve Clifford. I, yeah, I just like weirdly, so strangely, despite uh, some of their dysfunction, like the Charlotte Hornets, like a lot of guys on that team. Hope he's okay. Um, get well, Steve. Yeah. You know, mystery, mysterious health issues always kind of... Uh, Especially when they're probably heart-related. Well, they're saying this one is not heart thing. related. He has oh, had right. well, he has good. had issues, and he had a procedure um, a few years ago. But they're saying that this is not a heart issue. So, well, okay, whatever's going on with with Steve Clifford, we hope it's quickly resolved in a positive manner, and that we get him back soon. Oh, yeah. did you hear that? No. Oh, good. Never mind then. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Steve Clifford, get well soon, and then I guess that's pretty much. Oh, oh, and uh, since. This is an explicit one. We're going to tag it explicit. This is a good time to talk about the story, which is barely a story. Uh But Marcus all swore uh, in his post-game interview after the Grizzlies snapped an 11-game losing streak, and it was so funny. Uh, (laughs) The reporter asked him a question about, uh, you know, typical, oh, how'd you guys win the game? How'd you turn it around? He kind of like rambled for a little bit, and he said, Overall, we won, so fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus All does not give two S's about anything, and I love it. I, I am yeah. a Marcus All. I'm an unabashed Marcus All fan. He has got such an amazingly entertaining personality. For yeah, he's just especially compared to his brother. Jeez. Yeah. Well, you know, Powell is more of a, a contemplative, moody Gasol. Powell well, also grew up in Spain, and Gasol Marcus All grew up mostly in Memphis. So yeah, yeah, he's got a little bit of that American, of that edge Southern to him. American swag, and I enjoy it. Yes, hats off to you, Marcus All, and congratulations on breaking what was truly an unpleasant. Season. Yeah, I think that team is still in trouble. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, but I think you know. you're uh, unfortunately a trade candidate at this point. Which uh, I hope if that happens, you go to a, a team that has a future because I'd love to see. You know, the guy's thirty two, thirty three. I want to see some real. Uh, postseason Marcus All, you know he's so fun in the postseason. Um, I don't want him to end up on some like uh, lottery team. Um, but thanks for being entertaining. Whatever they whatever they 
find you. It was totally worth it. Send yeah, us, yeah, yeah. send us the bill, so that we can look at it. Just and yeah, marvel just at how it. we can't pay it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it for this week, right? Uh, well, that, what a better way to end than on you hacking up a lung. I know. I'm so sorry, people. Uh, apologize. Apologies for my health. Uh, <clears throat> thanks for bearing with it. Apologies for Arik's extremely long-winded <laughs> explanation <laughs> of some extremely uh, arcane details. Oh, uh, let me tell you, I could have. I've spared you all most of the information. Oh, I'm gonna get it all tomorrow. I'm sure. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> you might now, just for being a jerk. Hey, hey. No, I'm no, just no, trying I'm to kidding. be entertaining. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. For all the you have been, you're the best. You're the best. Jeez. Um, All right. But yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go watch the Celtics game with my brother right now. Can't wait. Don't tell me what the score is because I'm starting it late. Um, I don't I even really know what's on the slate for the rest of the week, but I know there's some good games. Um, oh, there's always good games. Oh, I just forgot it. There, yeah, there's always good games because basketball is great. People watch basketball. There's a lot we of love basketball. A lot of crummy stuff going on in the world right now. Just watch a basketball yeah. game. Forget about your worries for two and a half hours. It's great. Yeah. And you haven't missed that much of the Celtics game yet, so it's fine. Don't tell me anything, all right? No, I'm not telling. I don't know anything. I'm just saying it's like 5.30 in the first quarter right now. It's not you didn't miss much. All right. Well, I'm going to take a shower and get some food. We're going to start it late. Um, all right. Well, we we all should watch a game soon. You're, you're, I miss your brother. Uh, he misses you, too. Maybe I can get him to come out to Oakland tomorrow, but almost certainly not. <laughs> almost certainly not, but let's meet up and watch a game in the next week or so. You might as well live in uh, Siberia as far as he's concerned. But, yeah. I, and I understand that, but I can come out there, back to the old hood, and we can watch a, a game. That sounds great. I can't wait. Let's, let's uh, uh, right. uh, Maybe Friday. I don't know why. We don't have to make plans on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me that I have a question to ask you off air, so let's get to that. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, we'll be back again next week. Uh, we're trying next to be week. more regular. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sorry again about my sickness. Wish me luck. Pray for me. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.